keep praying, We thank you, Father God, for your faithfulness today. Upon those who are hungry and thirsty for your presence, heaven is not stingy with the presence. Only if we should ask, only if you would ask, and if you would cry out to the Lord God. We thank you, O Father, this morning. Because as the world does not allow for us to cruise and to serve you freely. Much opposition, much opposition. Now as natural people, we need help. We need divine help. We need the intervention of heaven upon us. We want to be fueled by heaven, be powered by the Holy Spirit so that we can get to do your will, so that we can get to walk the way you want us to walk, so that we can begin to make decisions and begin to uh, influence our surroundings, Father, even as you have preordained for us. But for us to be able to do so, we need divine intervention. We need divine help. We need the Holy Spirit. For they who are in the world, they are propelled by demonic spirits. They are able to do things they wouldn't be able. The wickedness, the extent of wickedness, they wouldn't be able to do on their own. Now they are indwelt by demonic spirits. They are indwelt by the powers. They are sponsored by divine, the divine, the kingdom of darkness, the underworld. If they are empowered as such, being the kingdom of darkness, now we pray in the name of Jesus, for the Lord God must have the upper hand in the earth. For your voice must be louder and your will must be established in the earth. Your will must be established in our lives as individuals. Your will must be established in our marriages. Your will must be established in our physical lives. Your will must find expression in everything that we do, in our finances. Now, for your will to find expression, we need help. We need help. We stand here and we declare, even as uh, John the Baptist declared, that we are willing even this moment to decrease, to shrink, to nothingness, and you increase. You expand. Father, you expand, you grow. You become the weightier one in our lives in the name of Jesus. So we pray this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I've just shared a song on our Zoom. Hallelujah. Number 157. I've just shared it on the WhatsApp group if you want to go there and sing it from there. <speaking in Spanish> Sagwa 
zulu li letileli letile lona ugukanya nezintanta nezintanta ezingulu for the light. We thank you, Father, for the light of the gospel that has come on our land. We thank you for the light of the gospel that has come onto our land. We thank you, Father, in our homes, in our lives, in our families, in our nation. We thank you, Father, for the light. Can we just speak for the light? In every dark place, we thank you, Father, that the light overcomes every dark place in our lives, in our nation, in our generation. We thank you, Father. City, arise, oh God, arise, Jesus. We thank you for the light of God this morning. We thank you, God, for the light. Siabongo kuti lifiki livangele sizweni sakwa Zulu Siabonga Father that you have disclosed every imikhuba yonke baba has been set in open Father and the blood of Jesus overshadows kulunkulongwele every tradition every yonke imikhuba Father we thank you and we pray Father that you burn we thank you for your word, God, that is going to land in this place and bring light in us, bring light in our hearts, bring light, oh God, bring light in the name of Jesus, bring light in this place. We thank you, Father, for the gospel that sets free. We thank you, Jesus, for the gospel that breaks every chain. We thank you, Father, for the gospel that restores us 
we thank you, Father, for the gospel that restores us into our place in you, O oh God. We thank you, Father, for the gospel that brings the dead back to life. We thank you for the gospel, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, for this treasure, even though we contain it in, in broken vessels, we thank you, Father, for this treasure. But we want to receive the light. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus, for the light of God in this place. Oh, God, we worship you, Jesus. Can you pray for us as Ubaba is going to come? Mom H, come and pray for us. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus. You E pronounce Upila, Kulem Pefumulo, Esam Shabeni, Siabonga, Kulukulu et Hongoele, Amechetu Xenis of Exague, Lapo Vela con Usisoletu, Usisoletu, Vela Guchehova, Eno and Sinisulu, Dom Shaba, Siabuper Xeni, Siaparamis Xeni, Pefumletu Supexalague.
Gendela, Afunangayo, Sifunuku Konza, Gendelos Misselengayo, Baba Wetro Sesulini, Baba Wetro Namanta, Baba Wetro Pilayo, Baba Wetro Nguele, Nasaxan, Situan Nguele, Situan Nguele, Situan Nguele, Kunumanga Baba, Gesulako Kalu Kulume, Kalu Prophet. Yes, Holy Spirit. Just for the last few moments, Pastor, just just pray for about three minutes or so. Then we're gonna be seated. We give you praise in Kulunkulomuse. Now we pray that you descend upon this place. We declare that you are you have access into this hall. We have no other agenda. We have no other thing in our heart except to see you glorified. When I see the Lord Jesus glorified in the earth, we have committed ourselves to that cause that we may be the gate, we may be the door, we may be the, the, may be the portal through which you gain entry into the earth realm. We have come to understand that when we say yes, when we say yes, we give you access into our lives when we obey your word we give you a point of entry we give you permission we give you a landing strip when we say yes you look for a yes from us you look for a yes you look for uh, obedience in one way or the other because that gives you a green light that you may come and establish your will in our lives in the name of jesus now, Father, for you have given us authority to preach the gospel. Let's preach the gospel without any resistance. So we speak from the basement of Game City this morning, and we declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. We declare, according to Hebrews 11, 24, that the blood of Jesus speaks this morning together in this hall. It speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Let it speak in this atmosphere. And Father, let it speak also on behalf of your people. Those who are going through stuff in their finances, physically, in their marriages, and everywhere else. We pray that we may become a testimony to those who are not saved. Those who are outside of the shipfold that they may see that we have a relationship. We are your people. When we cry out, you intervene. Even Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because the Lord is today in the present, that I can speak to the future. I say, I shall not lack nothing good. And Father, the Bible says, Those who trust in the Lord shall never be put to shame. We still believe that word today. We still believe that because we are your people, because we are your inheritance, because we are your beloved, because we are your redeemed. We are naba nati kolonkolonwele. Aufuni nati, aufuni nabako. He says, I have you in my hand, and no one can snatch you out of my hand. And so we bless you for these, these promises says no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises against you in judgment i shall condemn 
And Father, we thank you for all these things because it is through these words, these pro promises that we wage warfare. We cannot wage warfare or based on philosophies. We cannot wage warfare based on ideas of men. But the confidence that we have that you will indeed come through. It's on the basis of that which is in the Holy Scriptures. When we begin to declare the Scripture, when we speak out the Word and we launch it forth as a missile, we know that, Father God, you come and fulfill your Word in Jesus' name. So I pray for your people today. I pray that you intervene, O oh God. For some of them, it has been a long time. It has been a long time in the desert. Inasmuch as you said to the children of Israel, you have been around this mountain for too long. We also declare, Father, upon your people, we pray that you see from heaven, from your royal presence, even those who have been around the mountain for too long, even those who have tarried in the desert for too long, even those who have been in the wilderness far too long, at a breaking point, they are at a breaking point. You give us a measure of faith. You give us a measure. As human beings, we all only have a measure. We can only take so much. We can only contain so much. This is why, because of your grace, because of your mercy, even in the Old Testament, when your people could not take it anymore, an angel came and intervened. We know, Father God, that even in the New Testament, when you had measured and gauged the, the patience of your people and you knew that they were at a breaking point something happened even the bible declares that when the the last days come there shall be so much tribulation that even the elect even the elect would be deceived if the days were not shortened we pray for the shortening of days we pray for the shortening of time and duration in our desert uh, moment we pray, Father, for the shortening. Let there be a shortening. For we have been in this place for too long. We have wept. We have cried. They have interceded. They have fasted. They have done. They have given. They have done all there is to do according to your word. Now we pray in Jesus' name that you come and empower your people. You show yourself strong in Jesus' name. Roshalaribu Undri Aslahimim Christorus Lura Ashlahimin Molaribundaria Osateyaka Shilari Mondria Sateya Lora Boshlahamendro Satabarikis Lurimo Ashlahimim Rosata even not for our sake even for the sake of your name because your name is holy because they know that when we pray we pray in your name we don't pray in the name of benjamin we don't pray in the name of john we don't pray in the name of abraham but we pray in the name that you have given us you say behold i give you power i give you authority over all power of the enemy to trample upon serpents and scorpions and nothing shall by any means harm you you've given us your name to legislate you've given us your name to transact to bring heaven into the earth realm you've given us your name oh god to bind and to loose you've given us your name to bring heaven down you've given us your name to turn our wagonesses into an eden you said speak a word and it shall be so 
And so we pray this morning that even as we use your name, we refuse to use the name of our ancestors. We refuse to use any other name. But Father, out of obedience and out of faith this morning, we choose to declare and to use the name of Jesus to say, Oh God, intervene in our affairs in the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. Say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Say amen. Just pray in tongues for a few more moments, family. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Precious Holy Spirit. Oh Lord God, like a rain. Floodgates of the Spirit of God. The sluice gates be thrown wide open in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. Bless you, family. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love prayer, Barcelona. I love prayer. I love to pray. I believe in prayer. My first ministry is to pray. I want to pray more than I do anything else. I wish I could spend hours and hours in the presence of the Lord and just pray. Because I believe that when we pray, heaven uh, intervenes and something shifts in the atmosphere when we pray. Amen. So we want to welcome uh, Abba Zalwani who are joining us this morning. Uh, not only Lainzini, but those who are joining us uh, via Zoom. We thank you that you could be with us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And missing Bingel Abba Zalwani, like we are trusting God as we grow together. Unkolunkolu will put his signature upon Kingdom Embassy House. And everything that he wants done in the city of Deben will be done. Can I have some order there, please? So that when people come, they don't think that's a, it's a joke. Uh, it's, it's an important station. So can I have some people just taking care of that station for me? I want Nandi only there. And the little babies can just go to the back. Otherwise, it compromises the, the seriousness of that station. Uh, amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, we have been talking, Bazalwane, for the last, um, I don't know, four weeks about the fact Gutunkulunkulu is restoring our bridal identity. Amen. God is restoring Unkulunkulu Buisela Lento Yoguti Singumakotiwe Wundlu Singumakotiwe Wundlu We have covered so much. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't see you because of these lights. Uh, so if I don't kind of acknowledge you well, please forgive me. Uh, these lights are in my face so I don't have clear sight. 
amen, of, of who is out there. Amen. So we have been covering the fact that Tunkolunkolu is restoring. Because, see, you and I, we are passionate about the fact that we are warriors. We are warriors. We have been called to, to pray and engage in warfare with principalities and powers. We love to pray. This is why churches have six to sixes and all that. We know God as a, a God of, of war, and we, and we pray. Now, if you're not careful, if you move in that vein, you may end up losing the intimacy in the relationship. Because after all, we are in, the, in a relationship, and we have to maintain that. At the very core is the fact that we are in a relationship. We also have, a, we are very militant, you know. Because we believe in prayer. Why do, we, why do we pray? We pray because we know what God has said. He has a preordained purpose for all of you. There are things that must transpire in the earth. There are things before you die. This is why we said the other time that uh, uh, Joshua died within the borders of his inheritance. Within the borders. He didn't die outside but within. So whenever we realize that whatever we are going through in this life does not match the promise in the word, does not match that which God has declared, we begin to push back. That is called warfare in the church language. It's called warfare. It's called warfare. Amen. And so we, we push back. We, we, we begin to say, no, but the Father has promised me bread. Why am I receiving a stone? The Lord God has promised me fish. Why am I uh, dealing with a serpent? Uh, we begin to fight. And so this is where warfare comes in, which is great. But over time, what has happened was we focused uh, too much on, 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 on binding and losing and is praying for the sick and casting out devils to the point where we, 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 we kind of had a, a break in, in, in that relationship in terms of intimacy. Now, without intimacy, without our love for God, which is passionate, we tend to, uh, we don't get sensitive to his needs. So I can just do anything, not understanding that when I do that, I am breaking his heart. When, when I begin to be disobedient, I begin to go down a certain road. When I am aware that we, I am in a marriage relationship with heaven, with the, with the Lord, there are things that I will not do because I know that when I do those things, his heart gets broken. Amen. So that's one of the reasons why the, the Lord, there's many other reasons as we have discussed um, uh, in the last four weeks. But this morning... We are now doing the last sermon and the last message on that on the 10 uh, versions. Amen. Don't uh, be as he show me. Amen. There is something powerful there. I'm going to cover this from a different perspective because there's a lot of ways to approach this particular uh, subject. So I'm very passionate, family, uh, about what the Lord is doing and about us aligning ourselves with what is in the heart of the Father. See, we can do church as everybody else does church. You can come and be part of a program which is uh, predetermined. You know, that's going to be an MC and you're going to have a word. You sit there, you don't engage much, lift up your hands, put your hands down, sing your songs. If he plays a song that you don't like, you don't engage much when he sings your favorite songs you sing. And then he says, sit down, you sit down. He says, stand up, you stand up, you give, and you go home. That's not what 
what the heaven is looking at. Heaven is looking at a, 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 a bride that is passionately in love. Passionately in love. Uh, people who will gather together. They, it does not matter what he does. You are already on the floor even before the first song is sung. Because for you, the work is here. And then it overflows. It's not from the outside. It's not what they do externally that determines what happens internally. You have get, gotten to a point whereby it's what is inside which determines what happens on the outside. Amen. So we, we are very passionate about not being part of the this status quo of this religious. I grew up in religion. So I grew, I understand religion. Religion is dead. Religion is dry. Religion is boring. Religion amounts to nothing. It does not achieve much except to produce people who are kind of blindfolded and they, they don't go beyond the walls of the church. As soon as you leave the church building, uh, you are in the world and you match with the culture of the system. That's not what the Father is looking for. The Lord Jesus is looking for a people who are going to be representatives. They call them ambassadors. The extension of his will in whatever space that you find yourself. There must be Jesuses everywhere. Be, but, but, but because of the fact that the world is not here, only Christians come to church. Those who do come to church, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, when they leave, after they have left the church building, they begin to impact, they begin to influence those who did not come to church because the enemy was resisting them. So if the church is vibrant, if the church is fiery, the enemy does not get to win in his strategy to keep people out of the church building because it does not work because those who came on Sunday, when they leave, they will go out and pour themselves out. They will begin and demonstrate the love of God and they'll begin to pray. They'll begin to hold hands with those who are sinners and begin to impact them with the word of God. That is what is in the heart of the Father. So God is restoring the church. I told you that last year, when uh, beginning of last year sometime, the Lord said to me, I want my church back. I want my church back. I want my church back. Church was never meant to be a means for some charlatans, some people who want to make quick buck to come and gather some people. And then they count how many of you are here. They already know in their mind they have 4,000 or 5,000 or 10,000 or 25,000 rand. They live, uh, their, their, their lives are beyond that which they end. So they place pressure on the people to the point where church becomes money. Church becomes nothing but money. They ask you to sell your houses. They ask you to do crazy things. They ask you your pension. You must come and so God is into giving. God is into sowing into the vision of heaven. But if it is done in God, there are ways that it ought to be done. And there is a blessing upon him. So the Lord said, I want my church back. I want my people back. Amen. You, you, you take them away from the charlatans, from the false apostles and false prophets who sleep with their own children. You, 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 you take the church back because the, the longer they do this, they are misrepresenting my name. 
Amen. So you are part of a church and a ministry where really, to be very honest with you, family, I have to preach the way the Lord has revealed things to me. Then what is the point of Kingdom Embassy House? Why must we have another church? There's too many churches. There's too many churches. One of the cries of people, especially black people in the townships, there are too many uh, 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 churches and townships and less tuck shops. Because we think that it's just church. You just, there's a church 15 meter radius. 50 meter radius. There's a church. Churches everywhere. What's the point? Why start another church if there's another church down the road? What makes your particular church unique? So if that's the case, if we already know that there are churches everywhere, you can't do stuff the way everybody else does it. You better be genuine. You better be pure. You better walk with God and desire the heart of the Father in Jesus' name. Say amen. Say hallelujah. So you, you don't, don't worry sometimes if I speak and something just lands awkwardly in your spirit. Because I, I know that there are churches that are not preparing people for the end times. Churches are not preparing. Ministers are not preparing the saints for what's coming. There are churches where you cannot speak in a certain way because in, in, there's a certain gentleman or a woman who is a CEO in the front row. She gives about 25,000 tithes every month. It's a couple of them. Now, if you know that she lives a particular lifestyle, there are things I cannot say in the pulpit because if I did say those things, I will brush in the wrong way and then she'll get offended and leave the church. This is why ministers must learn to hand over churches to Jesus. Hand, it's not a business. It's not a private entity or enterprise. It's a ministry. It's the work of the Lord. If you minister the truth, if you minister the word of God, and it calls for the particular person to go, if the ministry has been handed to Jesus, he will give you a human resource going forward to build what is in his heart. Amen. Why am I moving in that vein? But all I'm saying, families, I want you to understand that we are God's people. If there is one thing I, am, I, I, I know for a fact, when you come here, you will die and go to heaven. There's a lot of other things, but that's, that's one thing I, 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 I know. When you come to Kingdom Embassy House, you will die and go to heaven if you are plugged in properly and you flow with what we teach. Amen. So let's get back to this. Um, so the Lord is restoring us as his church to be the bride. So we're doing the, the last uh, message this morning. is the last sermon of about, I don't know, four or five that we have done uh, in the past. Today, we need to just, uh, just do the last portion in the name of Jesus. Amen. So in the book of uh, Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, there's a story that's found there. I'm going to read it very uh, quickly or just uh, see how it goes. It's not too long. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were foolish. 
and five were wise. For the foolish, when they took their lamps, took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight, there is a cry. Behold, the bridegroom, come you forth to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Peradventure there will not be enough for us and you. Go you rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went away to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know you know not the day nor the hour that he will come. Our Father, bless the reading of your word. Give us a heart to receive and a mind to understand. And an eye to see beyond this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Lendaba Esikulumangaula I Jesu. He relates it to the disciples because he's responding to the question that they had asked in chapter 24. This is in chapter 25. So they asked him a question uh, in 24, Matthew 24, verse 3. The question was, what will be the sign of your coming and uh, of the end of the age? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. No, that one is coming. Yeah, it is coming. It's coming. But we, it's coming. <laughs> Amen. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. So, in response to the question that they had asked, what will be the sign of your coming? I was begging Tombe, what the mouse How will be what will be the state of the world at the time? Uh, he paints a picture. He mentions a number of things uh, amongst which he says there will be famines, there will be earthquakes. So he, he, he gives them a list of uh, upheavals, apostasy. In those days, there will be apostasy. He says there will be persecution, and he begins to explain uh, how persecution will look like. So he's responding. Then in the next chapter he continues in the next chapter in the next chapter 25 which we have read now he gives them a, a kind of a story so that 
whatever that he had explained before, it is consolidated in this particular story. So he, he talks to them about the ten versions, which talks about the state of the church in the end times. So the parable that we have, I, I, I have read is basically the, a prophecy of what the church will look like in the end times. The story, the parable of the ten versions paints a picture, it's a prophetic picture, kind of a landscape of what the church will be like when Jesus Christ returns. So, who were the ten virgins? That's all I knew. Nothing else. I don't remember any, anything else concerning that except that. I'm not Amen. There is so much in that. It's a power. It's, it's, it's packed with, with, with revelation. But I'm going to just explain to you from a different angle this morning because we're going to approach it from different, a whole lot of different angles. So who were these ten versions? And now I'm talking about our current, our, our present church in New Testament. Amen. Amen. But these people were believers, all the believers who loved the Lord passionately. But something happens afterwards, which you will discover just now. So, they're true believers, all of them, by, by the way, they are waiting, waiting for the bridegroom to return. Now, there is a school of thought that says the five of the ten uh, speaks of unbelievers. No, it's not true. All of these people, uh, they were believers. Yes, Mom Jim, they were all believers. Now, what you must understand about the word version there, when we get saved... God the Father refers to us as, as, as virgins. We are like virgins to the Lord. In the sight of God, according to 2 Corinthians 11.2, they call us a chaste vision because all the contamination in our spiritual womb, all those who ravaged us, when we were in darkness, the Lord starts us afresh. It's called Redemption. From that point onwards, he's going to restore you. He's going to renew you. He's going to hold you by the hand and take you on a journey. That journey is a journey of renewal. It's a journey whereby he's going to begin to open your eyes and look. You're going to look at life the way you have never looked at life before. You're going to have a kingdom world view. You're going to begin to interpret things the way you didn't before. He calls us a version, out version. Amen. So that's, that's one thing you must understand. So both the wise and the foolish had the initial uh, supply of oil. Both of them. Initially, there was a time when the five who eventually ended up uh, not having oil, there was a time when they did have oil. Just like it is the case today. 
when someone the term to backslide to backslide it means you were once in front you were once moving then you took a step back so they at one stage they had a, a supply of oil but something happened another thing we discover as i'm just laying an introduction this morning the foolish versions let's in tomb it's a strong word. It's a strong word. Foolish. Now, let's in turn be as he wool. They say a statement that is very strange. They say, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out or are quenched. What I'm trying to establish, family, is the fact that they did have oil at one stage. Because if they did not have oil, their lambs would not have been there to start with. And they wouldn't say that their, our lambs are going out if they didn't at one stage had light in them. So they lost something along the way. While they waited, I don't know whether it took too long to come or whatever happened, but they, they came a time after having walked with him and being patient with him and doing everything you ought to do as you wait for the Lord to come, as they wait for the bridegroom to come. Along the way, something happened and they began to lose it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, I want us to start there to understand what the foolish versions were. The word foolish is used in the Bible many times, especially in the New Testament. Uh, Jesus said, and he said unto them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. The apostle Paul said, O foolish Galatians, who bewitched you, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was openly set forth crucified. So it's the word that was used in the altar. In, in, in many places, the word is used. He continues to say, Apostle Paul, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now perfected in the flesh? So it was, it was a strong word, but it was the word that people who were hearing from heaven, they spoke as they had. So if into it. They are foolish, then they are foolish. Amen. So, the word fool, or to fool, is the word moros. It's moros. Moron in English. That's a, that's, a, that's a heavy word. It's like imbecile. Ignoramus. Thick person. Dull of understanding. Mentally flat. Brainless. Now I'm giving you what, 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 what the strongs give us. It's mentally fled. So what is it? The Lord is saying in the last days, there's a section of the church on earth that will be mentally fled. There's a section of the body of Christ. Maybe today we are still on fire. He's giving, he's painting a prophetic picture of what's coming. So that we are aware of what is to come. And then today we can begin to prepare ourselves accordingly. These are people who are born again. They will probably start to 
to, 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 to fall off. He's painting a picture. And it will end up being moronic. No, look, look at what's, what's happening in, in, in churches today. How come, in, especially in those prophet, apostle centered churches, look at the maturity levels of believers. Go to a, an auditorium that is apostle centered. I will explain that to you one day. A prophet centered ministry. Go find one believer at random. Just pull them out. If you are to gauge, I know how to gauge maturity level of a person. You will find that their only reason for being here is so that he can lay hands on them and their problems can be solved. There's no other impact. They're not equipped. Apostolic. See, if you call yourself an apostle, your job is to equip. You are equipped such that when you step out of this place, you are able to fight on your own, fight for your children, fight your, for, for your breakthrough at home. When there's some a situation that arises, you are able to push back because you have been equipped as such. So I'm saying, look at the maturity levels of people. Ask any believer at random, what is the vision of your church? They don't care, they don't know. All they know is that there is a superhero standing in front who's going to cause my world to change. That's not the church that Jesus Christ is raising and building. There's too many people who are unsaved in the world. It cannot depend on a few people like myself who stand behind the pulpit and preach for the entire Durban and the province to be saved. We must be empowering the saints. We must be empowering the flock that they may be sent out and become uh, apostles and become evangelists and become pastors and teachers in the marketplace, in communities. If you do that, the pace at which the world is worn is faster. Say hallelujah. In a kingdom-centered church, a church that is really apostolic, when you explain what church is, it makes sense even to a politician. When the church becomes who she is meant to be, not just a gathering of people who just get together because if, if, if he's not here, he's like a superstar. They, you, you, so even if he asks his people to lay hands, if he's standing on that side, you wait for him, you keep on moving back until it's his hand on you. That's not the church that Jesus is raising. So what I'm saying is there will be a level of, 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 of foolishness that the Lord Jesus is saying. Tell me, family, why do people, especially in this uh, apostle, prophet, bishop-centered ministries, not Jesus-centered. If it was Jesus-centered, when you get healed, I would make sure I would go out of my way. To ensure that you understand that it's Jesus who healed you. Because every miracle is, is, is meant to cause you to fall in love with Jesus. Every miracle that is wrought, that is performed, that is demonstrated, it is meant to woo you to the creator. It is meant to draw you to the heart of the lamb for you to understand that he loves you enough to move mountains for you. Amen. So why do these 
people in these churches with leaders who are morally bankrupt. It doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter what she does. They will defend the person to the name. Even in the, in the, in the face of evidence, they will rather persecute the victim. So Jesus says there will be a level of foolishness, moronic people, morose in the church. Not the whole church, but there will be a section in the church. People who will allow a 25-year-old, 30-year-old boy to come and put grass in them and, and say, open your mouth, pour detail in your, down your throat. He's pouring detail to a a, a manager. You gotta leave the bones. Just ah, ah, and the kid pours stuff in his throat because he says, "If you take a bite in this rat, some some nonsensical stuff, which makes me wonder if our brains are functioning." So you begin. You you, you are beginning to see that level. People who become abakofu, bamfundis. People who have got no sense of independence to think on their own and begin to make decisions. For me to make my decision concerning my family, if it does not endorse it, I can't even make a decision as a man in my own house. I know a couple who got divorced because he was so loyal as a staunch follower holding his jacket. They got divorced because he would rather spend time with the man of God than spend time with his wife. That is foolishness. That is foolishness. That's not what God is in. That's not what God is doing. So the Lord Jesus, see we are approaching it from a different angle. Because it's a prophetic picture of where the church will find itself in the last days. So in the last days, family, there's going to be a serious deterioration in the type of Christians churches are producing. The caliber of Christians that churches are producing. I said to my wife, we must be careful that we hand over the true gospel to our children. What are we handing over to our children? What kind of, of, of Christianity are we going to be handing over to Levi, Nokwenza, Nonandi, not Joshua? If we do not go back to the Lord and say, Father, I want to experience that which was experienced by the 12 apostles in the book of Acts. I want the fundamentals of Christianity back. I want repentance back. I want holiness back. I want prayer. I want fasting. I want a secret place. I want to have a relationship. I want to walk in holiness and righteousness. So that we are able to hand over something to our children. We must be careful that we are not producing as ministries. People who do not have, the Lord did not say lose your mind. It says your mind must be renewed. Renewed, not removed. So we cannot follow blindly. 
He told him, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. You follow me to the extent that I also am following. When I stop following Jesus, when I stop following, working by his precepts and his word, it's an indication that maybe it's time to stop following. The apostle Paul wrote three deaths. Is it three deaths? Three quarters. Three quarters of the New Testament. He says, you follow me as I. That is important as, not blindly. Not by witchcraft. Not by, because, no, why did you even say that to start with? Pastors, apostles, prophets, fivefold ministry, they are human. I know there is a tendency of painting a picture of being superhuman. No, we are vulnerable people. We are vulnerable people. We go through the same temptations as you do. We, we need to be prayed for as well. We are fallible. We are prone to making wrong decisions. But the Lord Jesus is raising an army like yourself. People who are sober. That's why I use the word sober a lot when I minister. Because we are raising sober people. People who are moved by the word. Not following blindly. There is something called honor. Honor is powerful. Honor is powerful. We will teach on those things sometime. But there is honor that is out of place, which borders on control and manipulation and exploitation. And honor, because someone has some bankruptcy, they have some crisis, some identity, some self-esteem issues as a leader. He feels better if he's surrounded by some people who will call him a certain name all the time. If you don't call, if you don't say apostle, I get offended. If you don't say bishop or so and so, you get offended. Because when you say apostle or say bishop, something in me lifts. And my ego is massaged. The Lord says there's going to be a type of 